It's Assassin's Creed Mirage Week, and we're here talking with Ubisoft's narrative director, Sarah Bellew, for Assassin's Creed Mirage, and the voice of Basim himself, Lee Majdoub. In it, we talk about the importance of identity, both in Basim's struggle and Majdoub's life, as well as the importance of keeping history intact and using Assassin's Creed to teach others. Listen to Suara Salih's interview here. First off, I just want to say Mabruk. This is amazing. This Thank is you. the first time in such a long time that we've had an Arab and Swana hero in a, who's actually played by an Arab and Swana person in a video game. And, and we're still overall so bereft. And I just have to ask you what it's like for you to play the first Arab assassin since Al-Ta'ir and what you think this will mean for other Arab and Swana players. Wow, that is a very good question. Um, you know, it's it's hard to put into words. I mean, there's a there's a very uh, I've had a very personal uh, relationship with with this game and and the team here and the story that we're telling. Um, you know, Bassem, uh, you know, struggles with identity in the story and trying to figure out where he fits in and what he's, he's he wants to do with his life and knowing that he's meant for something greater and uh, you know, for, for, for me, a big part of my life in my early 20s, like late teens, early 20s, I really struggled with being Middle Eastern and that identity and, um, you know, shunned it a little bit. Um, didn't want to speak the language anymore. Didn't, you know, there was a lot of prejudice in, in life. So it was, <clears throat> it was just easier to kind of like shove it aside and pretend I wasn't, I didn't have that background. And then, um, for the last few years, a big part of my journey has been falling back in love with my culture, being Lebanese, being Middle Eastern, uh, not shying away from admitting that I am a Middle Eastern person, um, you know, and uh, and then about eight months before Mirage, um, you know, I reached out to my mom and I was like, Mama, you know, um, I think I want to learn the language again. And so we just three times a week we'd be on the phone and she was teaching me Arabic. She would send me stuff. I was going through the alphabet again and Duolingo and she was sending me, like she bought, uh, she was in Lebanon at the time because they live in the States, but she was in Lebanon. So she found like a, uh, uh, like a Arabic uh, uh, education book. So she would take pictures. She was at home in LA. She would take a picture, send it to me on WhatsApp and be like, okay, read this, tell me what you understand, what you don't understand, and then we would just go through it. And then we were doing that, and then seven, minutes, uh, seven months after starting, Mirage came, and one of the big things that the team was asking was, do you speak Arabic? And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah comfortably now. I can, I, I'm, I'm quite confident in it. Um, so it's so, so multi-layered for me, and, and so many parallels, and, and uh, you know, the planets aligning in right place, right time. And I, I don't know how many words you can put to it, just like meant to be higher power um, at play. But yeah, and just to, to be a, pers a person of color, Middle Eastern, you know, Swana, uh, definitely I think there's so much more work to be done, right? I, don't, I still don't think we have much representation and for us to be getting representation in video games more than we are in film and TV is, uh, it's something to be said for the video game industry, I think. Yes, We're telling, I think for a while now, video games have been telling deeper stories than a lot of film and TV has managed to do. 
um, developing deeper characters. Um, and I think one advantage the video games has that the film and TV doesn't is that it's so, um, the game players so involved, right? So they're kind of experiencing it themselves. And in this one, they get to experience 9th century Baghdad, uh, the golden age of Islam, um, the positives of what our people were able to bring to the table. Yeah, absolutely. I have to tell you. Long-winded, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, no, no, that was good. That was, that, that was great. Please yeah, keep going. Really like. um, I have to tell you for myself as a Kurdish-American mm. uh, growing up, I sometimes felt the same way when I was a teenager. Like, I didn't want as much. But, yeah, becoming older, like, learning better Kurdish. And my family's actually from Kurdistan of Iraq, uh, mm. northern Iraq. So, mm. like, uh, yeah, this is... I'm very fascinated with the history. This is such a fascinating period of history in Baghdad and West Asia writ large with the first fall of the Abbasids that's taking place due to their political infighting and external pressures such as the Fatimids and others. So this is a question for both of you. What do you hope players learn about our part of the world from this historical setting? Well, many things. First of all, uh, as I was saying earlier, we we have um, discovered Baghdad ourselves, you know, as a team, because when we started working on the game, nobody knew what Baghdad was at that time. And I remember just saying to, uh, to people in the team, oh, we're going to do a 9th century Baghdad. And, and, you know, the team during like, well, was there something <laughs> at that point in Baghdad 9th century? What is it? And um, and we slowly learned everything about it, and the historians kept, you know, filling us with stories, with characters, and everything. And one of the first things that struck me is how, you know, ashamed I felt, like not knowing anything about it, you know, since now. It's like I didn't learn anything about it in school. Um, I I don't know anything about it. Why don't I don't know anything about it? What why? And we know anything about you know, Greece, ancient Greece, ancient Romans, you know, and why don't we know anything about that? So um, soon enough, it became a responsibility for us as a team to uh, to bring back the, you know, the glory of Baghdad and what it was at that time. So what I really hope people will get from the game is how glorious the city was and how, you know, important it was in terms of history, um, the, the culture, the, uh, so the house of wisdom that you can visit in the game and have a, a quest there and everything. Um, the house of wisdom, it's, it was a place of, we don't know everything about the house of wisdom, we don't even know if it was a building really, but we know that it existed. And um, you know, lots of scholars there, people translating very important books. If it wasn't for them, maybe the books wouldn't have survived, you know, until our days. So it's it's fascinating to see. And the Banu Musa in the game, so the brothers, the three brothers, um, they are like, you know, crazy inventors who built some crazy stuff and nobody knows we know everything about da vinci we don't know anything about them but they had a similar impact right. <laughs> and and that you know so slowly it really became like like a responsibility for the team again and uh, i hope that people will understand how important that city was and what it brought you know um widely uh, to the world itself you know i mean it was one of the biggest city at the time and um and one of the most important cultural um a hub yeah so yeah i hope people and what i loved about the city and what was very interesting to work on uh as 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 a writer was the uh, the um 
the multicultural uh, hub that it was in terms of you know different ethnicities, different languages, different, and everybody was mixed. You know, in this city, it was, yeah, fascinating. And you can feel that in the game. You can hear different languages speaking at the same time. You can see different outfits, different you know ethnicities, and it's it's amazing to 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 watch actually you can just sit on the bench and and watch people and, yeah. and hear music and you can hear people playing music in the streets and yeah so i i hope that people will feel immersed in what we think back that was at that time and that's our reconstruction that's very uh yeah um that was a um, irresponsibility yeah yeah i mean i i i felt like you know being a middle eastern background i didn't know much and i was like oh Wow. Okay. So it's not. It's like I still have a lot to learn about, you know, yeah. where so many of us like come from historically, mm -hmm. and to realize that it was so multicultural. Mm -hmm. You know, it was like a kind of meeting epicenter of like trade and art exchange and science yes. and uh, communication and, and collaboration. Um, and I think. I, I don't know, for me, I always thought like historically you go back far enough, it's like everybody's isolated in their own little bubble, you know, you've got Iraq is just Iraq and then, you know, uh, Northern Africa was just there and then Europe just had its thing and everybody had their skin tone and language mm -hmm. and everything. But you realize like, oh, it was a melting pot. Yes, absolutely. You know, and, and something I just like, while you were talking, I just realized I was like, Oh, you know, doing like genetic, your genealogy tests and yes. everything, <laughs> looking at like my percentages of everything, yeah. it never occurred to me that it's like, oh, you're maybe mixed with a bunch of stuff because of hubs yes. like that. Like there's Persian in my blood, there's Iraqi in my blood, yeah. there's North African, there's the Levant, there's the, the like Northern Eastern Europe yes. area. Like it's mm. all like the Mediterranean, like Cyprus and, yes. and like, I'm like, <laughs> and you st and then you piece it together. You're like, oh, yeah, that sure. makes sense actually, because <laughs> yeah. everybody was mixing, everybody yeah. was engaged. Um, it was so vibrant and yeah. uh, a place of learning. And, uh, and yeah, it's unfortunate that a lot of people don't know that. And hopefully that will be one of the things. I mean, Assassin's Creed yeah. typically, as a game, has done such a good job at being historically accurate. And it, it's so cool to be part of that and, and uh, show historical accuracy yes. with regards to, to the Middle and, East. Yeah, and, and in the game, um, we have a, a codex that is dedicated to that. So you can actually wander the city and gather some codex um, you know, uh, entries and just read about the House of Wisdom, this character, oh, that's or cool. this place, or you know, how the, the market used to work, the bazaar. Um, that's, yeah, that's fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> Just so excited to play the game. And what you both are describing about the internal diversity of these countries, that's so refreshing because way too often in stories about the Swana slash Mina region, we often see, I will say, an Orientalist flatlining mm. of like how these countries are portrayed, very monotone, very like one note and yeah. without any of the cultural richness. So Sarah, I'd love to ask you how you and your team, um, you know, you involved, I understand you involved Arab and Swana people to create such a beautiful yes. depiction of Baghdad in its golden age. And I'm, and, you know, with this internal diversity, with everything you're talking about, I'm wondering if you could elaborate more on your creative progress process in this regard. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. So when we started working on the city, we've so we've kind of we started with the books. That was the first step. 
not many books about Baghdad, 9th century, serious books. Um, and then we slowly brought the, the historians in. So we have at Ubisoft, we have our historians, like very possessive to say, but that's mm -hmm. true. That's all historians. And slowly we um, we called some, uh, some, some experts from outside. So people who had dedicated their life to Baghdad, 9th century, or to the Middle East in general at that time. So, uh, and we worked with them very closely. So they would feed us with some, you know, anecdotes uh, characters and everything. Uh, that was the first first step, I would say. And for example, Ali ibn Muhammad, so the leader of the Zent Rebellion, uh, which he's one of my favorites. And uh, and when I learned about him in a book, like two lines about him, and and everything was in two lines, like the character was there already. We kind of we digged into it and we tried to find some some other sources about the character, but a lot of them were contradictory. So we took some liberties in that you know, form because we needed to build on what was existing, but what was existing was not, you know, consistent sometimes. So we did that and at some point, very early on, we had this team, um, so it's a team inside Ubisoft who is dedicated to making sure that we don't do any mistakes in terms of, you know, for example, languages, that's a very big stuff. And, uh, you know, taking the accents, making sure that the actors could actually, uh, you know, speak Arabic or speak Chinese because we have Chinese characters. It was the Silk Road, you know, um, so we have Chinese characters. We have people from uh, East Africa. We have people from Turkic people. We have uh, Persian, obviously. Yes, we have yeah a lot of different people. So we needed to check that. So they were dedicated to this and also making sure that inside the game we wouldn't do any mistakes, you know, in, um, in that regards. So that was actually a blast to work with them because when I speak about it, the, the thing that could have been a, a problem for us would have been to have major constraints, constraints, sorry for my English, but it was, it was not the case at all. It was feeding us on the contrary, you know, so it was uh, very inspirational and they had this very, uh, um, they brought a lot to the, uh, to the, to the actual creative process. And in a very uh, always in a good mood and always willing to help and everything and and the choice of the accents and the the, the actors' background because what we call the master voices in in video games are the voices like Lee uh, who are uh, you know the the first ones to record so they are the ones we work with and that's the English speaking people so we have the the master voice in the game that is English and that's Lee and that's Shorey Akdashu. Um, for example, so um, we had the choice to make, do we take, you know, just English speaking actors, but with no accent at all, or do we try to make it authentic, even though they are speaking English? And that was a choice that we made with the, the audio team and the voice designers very early on. We wanted people with, we didn't want fake accents. We wanted to avoid that at all costs. So that's why the team uh, inside Ubisoft helped us a lot with the casting. Um, reviews and making sure that you know people were um, were good for the job i would say and uh, <laughs> and and making sure that yeah we had people that could fit their um, their background and and um for example shori Agdashlu is a good example because her character when i first wrote her she was called differently because she was not from uh, persia she was from uh, um from another part she was turkic and um and the name was not the same because you know russian is a persian name right. And uh, we changed the name because when Shore said yes, uh, we changed the name so that it reflected her background more mm. and we couldn't keep this character as being Turkic. That wouldn't make any sense. So, yeah, we, we cool. try to make sure, you know, it, it fit. And um, it shows yeah. care. It shows that you care. 
Yeah, we care a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we do. That's genuinely we do. I mean, that comes through uh, for me. You know, I'm not involved in a lot of the behind the scenes, but from everybody I've met and, and knowing what I know, it's. I don't think I've met someone or heard something about any part of the team that isn't fully on board 100% and like personally committed to the story of Mirage or the design or, you know, I mean, like even looking behind us at the Mirage yeah. logo, like the, the, the Assassin's Crest, the logo, it's so beautiful. Yeah. And, you know, the Arabic calligraphy and the design and the theme and the color and it's just so vibrant and so positive and um, hard not to feel a little emotional at times. You know, like sometimes I need to take a, a second, take a breath and kind of like really look and be like, oh, we've never had this mm -hmm. as like for Middle Eastern representation. It's never been uh, or Swana and, and Mina representation. Um, it's never been displayed so unapologetically and so positively. Like that was something Ubisoft said that they were like 100% like you guys said, no, we we're not shying away from this. Mm. We're not shying away from the culture. We're not shying away from the Muslim religion. We're not shying away from the design. This is this is history. Yes. Yeah. I'm, again, I'm just extremely excited. About yeah. <laughs> so to delve a little more into Bassem's journey in this game. Um, now this is, I'm going to delve in a little spoiler here from Assassin's Creed Valhalla, mm -hmm. where we last saw Bassem. Um, that, as I understand it, had the revelation that Bassem is the reincarnation of the Isu Loki. So will we get to see, if you can tease at all, will mm -hmm. we get to see him contend with that shocking realization during the course of the game? So what I can tell you without spoiling anything is that you definitely get to see the evolution of Bassem uh, and there is a turning point, definitely. But what is the turning point and at what point is it going to arrive? I'm not going to say. <laughs> Yeah, it was, de well, it, was yeah. it was definitely cool to, to, I mean, you have coming coming in as an actor being like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm playing a character that's already been established. Yeah. And I personally, okay, I know the, the, from, you know, following the cinematics myself, I'm a big Assassin's Creed fan. I'm, you know, I was like, oh, interesting. How are they going to do this? And then we would talk about it. And I was like, that makes sense. We kind of have a fresh start at the beginning of his journey. Mm -hmm. um, we have the freedom to show the trauma that he goes through yes. and what he's been through, the, the internal struggles, uh, the, the nightmares that he's having, um, his struggle with trying to figure out like, you know, what does life mean? What does my life mean? What am I supposed to do? Um, I think, which a lot of us can identify with. Yeah. Right? Like, what do where, people want from me? Yeah, yeah, what do people want from me? What yeah. do I... What do I have to offer? Yes. There's got to be more to my life than this. Exactly. Um, I'm meant for something greater. Um, you know, so it's 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 a it's a really cool story. I'm <laughs> so happy that we get to kind of be with him for a lot of it. Yeah. So one final question for the both of you: Why do you think the Assassin's Creed franchise remains so enduring for so many worldwide, and why do you think the Assassin's Creed order itself is so fascinating? Huh. Many reasons. Yeah. I guess. I guess one of the reasons why it's so. Um, I think it's so compelling is that it's very. It's very rich in terms of lore. So I think that you know when you start diving into Assassin's Creed and you you start to connect the dots between uh, the games and the, the the books, the comics and everything, 
uh, it's fascinating how deep the world is and, and how many stories were told inside it. So Assassin's Creed is more like it's a, it's a, it's a universe. It's a um, it's it's really dense and it's also actually pretty um, uh, challenging when you start diving into it and you want to connect some you know other dots and you're you know afraid of doing some mistakes but uh, inconsistencies. But it's um, I think it's it's why many many people actually dive into it because it's rich and because it's you know it supports many stories in different times you know different time periods. Can you say that time mm -hmm. periods? Yeah. So it's it's uh, it's actually pretty. Um, it, it fits the, the imagination, I think, very much, and uh, you learn a lot with Assassin's Creed too. So I think that's another big point. I, I yeah. mean, I'm, I personally, I, I, I love Assassin's Creed, but I love Assassin's Creed mostly because I learn things when mm. I play Assassin's Creed without even knowing it. You know, like yeah. So and and you, you're not lied to in terms of history. What you know, you see on the screen. Uh, most of the time, it's it's really um, it's 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 researches behind it, and it's uh, it's true, and it's uh, so yeah. Maybe learning, maybe diving into a very complex universe, two two different things. But I think that's what makes it so compelling I, and lasting. I just I I find like I mean I'm I'm a big fan of the franchise. Just as you know, I love video games. I'm a gamer, and you know, and uh, you know. But I I remember playing the first Assassin's Creed, and and like oh. Okay, I'm I'm placed in a time period in the Middle East, mm. and the whole idea of like having the ability to relive the history of your ancestors mm -hmm. through genetic history, like yeah, that your genes, yeah, that yeah. your genes can hold on to your people, like that idea is so fascinating to me. Mm. And then I think what Assassin's Creed has consistently been able to do, whether you like the gameplay or not, or whether you agree with the story or not or whatnot, is that it. It so beautifully places you in a historical place yes. that you've never been, you know, like for me, I, I, I found that, you know, Odyssey got really long to play, mm -hmm. but I just couldn't stop at moments just looking Wondering. at the Greek, yeah. at the, like ancient Greece and the water yeah. and how vibrant. And I was like, I want to go. I yeah. personally want to go and dive in that water, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. Um, yeah. Going to ancient Egypt and the immersion. yeah, and yeah. being in the sand and, yeah. and and looking at the pyramids and and being able to climb stuff and, and like you just don't get to do that. Yes, absolutely. You, know, you don't I've, climb pyramids. I do. Must do. Yeah. I haven't yet. I haven't yet. Okay. I haven't yet. I haven't gotten that far in Origins yet. Um, I mean, in real life, you don't. Do no, that. no, yeah. in real life, in real, I've never been to Egypt. Oh, okay. But through Origins, I have. Yeah. But I think that's the thing, and then and then on top of that, the, you you hit on story that typically like you have a character that's going through trauma or trying to figure something yes. out and there's um you know it's, it's there's the big story and the yeah more. Yeah. yeah i think there's so much more like i i mean you take any historical event or any historical place and you'll have an assassin creed yeah, yeah. possible game you know yeah, that's exactly. i think it's a, i think it's an amazing blueprint you know we have some work to do yeah, yeah. <laughs> still a bit of yeah we have some time periods to cover yeah. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, endless amount, endless uh, potential for storytelling. And yes. Again, I'm so excited to play this story. Lee Machdoub, uh, Sarah Beaulieu, thank you both so, so much for speaking with Bob Wido today. And congratulations on the game. Thank I can't you. wait to play it and for others to play it. Thank and you. Yeah, this is amazing. Thank you so much. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you very much. Have a great yeah. day or evening. I don't know. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>